Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? You mind if I get that? No, just ask. Thank you, thank you. Well, I just, uh, I want to introduce myself. My name is DJ, and I'm so excited today. We're going to be talking about giving. That was a joke. I'm sorry. Was, sorry. Those of you who have been coming, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I just couldn't, couldn't resist. We're not. Okay, I promise. We're going to have a good time. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a great time today. But uh, um, today, the, the title of the message is, is Think About What You Think About. And I, wanna, I want you to look at somebody and just tell them, think about what you think about. Go ahead, go ahead. Think about what you think about. Tell them. We're going to read this. It's, it comes from Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 28. I'll read it for you. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Always a bad idea. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to share your word. God, I pray that you would be in our midst as you're already here. I pray that you would just uh, touch our hearts, touch our minds today, and open us up uh, to what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. amen. What are you thinking about right now? If I had to ask and go around the room, I was talking to Zach, the youth pastor, and we were talking about maybe we should ask people uh, what they're actually thinking, I think that might be a little bit dangerous, you know, because uh, if we did a survey of what church people actually thought when they went into church, it probably isn't about church. No? Everybody's th- thinking about Jesus right now, like all the time? You're all perfect? I shouldn't be preaching? What? But th- there, there are a lot of things that go through our mind. Today we're going to talk about the mind and how we think, but I know for me, if I, if I went around this room and I asked, what are you thinking about? Maybe you're thinking about your spouse. Maybe you're thinking about your kids or your job or, or whatever it is. I know for me this week, I've been thinking about the families that have lost so much up in, up in paradise. That's been on my mind. I can't stop thinking about it. Um, maybe you're thinking about something that happened to you in the past. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe there's a struggle or a sin that you have in your life. You're thinking about it, and it's constantly running through your mind. I just realized like this week that Thanksgiving is this week. I didn't even know. I should have preached a message on Thanksgiving because I forgot. And that's what's, you know, I don't even pay attention to what season we're in. But um, maybe it's the holidays. You're thinking about turkey or you're thinking about cooking dinner. Maybe you're thinking about the family that you don't always want to come over. Anybody? No? Okay. But maybe you have travel plans and all these different things. There's so much, especially during the holidays, that we think about. There's all these things running through our mind. The mind is a powerful thing, a very, very powerful thing. If you don't believe me, let me show you a picture of this man. His name is Wim Hof. Great name. Terrible idea of what he does. This is him. He's a, he's a Dutch, uh, they call him an extreme athlete. Wim Hof uh, has learned to harness the power of his brain and tell his body that he's not cold. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> I... I wonder if he's like frozen in this position. They took it because he's like actually not alive anymore. But no, there's a video of him actually climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in his shorts. Not a joke. He actually climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in his shorts. My cousin, she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa, uh, fully clothed, and she was dripping icicles 
from her nose and she said it was just a terrible experience because it was so cold. This man has learned to harness the power of his brain to tell his body that he's actually not cold. Now that is crazy power of the brain. So he, he does a whole bunch of stuff that we're not going to get into. But anyways, the, speaking about the power of, of our mind, I was in a, uh, in a young adult's like, service and uh, I remember it was like a beautiful time of worship. Everybody was really quiet and it was like just one of those moments. Have you ever been in that moment? Like just, just like right now, it's like really, like God was there and nobody was moving, nobody was saying anything. And I was about to go up and speak and some, I won't, uh, some guy, I'll just say, call him a guy. I was going to call him a name, but I won't do that. Some guy in the middle, like sitting like right here, drops a phone and it breaks in the middle of like a beautiful worship set. And I can tell you, I have no idea what I preached about because all I could think about was why is why are you pulling out your phone? Number one, this is not a time to pull out your phone. Why did you drop your phone? and make such a commotion, and I hope that it was an Android, because, like, if it was an iPhone, like, you know, anyways, okay, but, the (laughs) iPhone, you, Um, but that was all I thought about, like, the whole time, like, this guy just dropped his phone, and I'm like, this guy's, like, don't don't be that guy, right? A.W. Tozier says this, he says, the most important thing a Christian can do is think rightly about God. He's a theologian. Just think about that statement right there. The most important thing a Christian can do is think rightly about God. And if you really think about it, a lot of stuff stems from how we think about God. How do we view God? How do we interpret scripture? How do we address the problems that arise in our lives? How do we interact with one another? It all stems from a correct thinking about who God is and what he is to us in our lives. It all stems from that. See, because you can say the right thing, you can act the right way, you can sing the right way, you can do all the right things, but if you're not thinking correctly about God, you're falling short of what God tells us in Luke 10. Amen? Think about what you think about. So let's look back at Luke 10. He says the heart, the heart is our affection, it's our passion, it's our emotion. The soul is our breath or spirit that's in us, literally the life that is within us. Our strength, it, the word translated the strength means force or our ability or might. And then he says the mind, which is our mental and intellectual capacity. The mind, I believe, is the most difficult to love God with. How do you say that? Well, because I can stand up here and you can see and feel the passion that I preach with, that I speak with. And I'm loving God, but you have no idea what's going through my mind right now. Right? You can hear the soul, the breath that's in my lungs, but you have no idea what's going through my mind and what I'm thinking. You can see the strength that's in my body, but you have no idea what's going through my mind. And I have no idea what's going through your mind. See, that's why the mind is so powerful because and the most difficult to serve God with and love God with is because it's the most hidden. It's the most hidden and and inner part of who we are. And it's easy to fake our thoughts. If we could be honest and we could have a real transparent conversation about what's actually going through our mind sometimes, it's not always right. Or am I the only one that thinks crazy thoughts? Am I? Is that just me? I guess that's just me. But there's, there's no accountability in our mind. Because you're not in my mind and I'm not in your mind. And we can't share what we're thinking. So it's important to think about what you think about. If I wasn't serving God, you would have no idea. If I wasn't thinking rightly about God, I could fake it until I make it. Right? So it's important that we think the right things. Today, I'm going to just 
quickly go through these. The three P's of a godly mindset. The number one is perspective. Elevate your thinking. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. See, this is a scripture we all know. This is something that I grew up thinking. When we set our mind on things above, I always used to think that it was exit this world and put my mind only on Jesus. And maybe that's just my weird thinking and how I view scripture. But when the Bible says to set your mind on things above, I always thought that it meant like, don't think about what's happening here and only think about what's happening in heaven. And that's not at all what it means. If you look at it, the word set your mind in the Greek is phronio, which literally means to exercise your mind and to, uh, to de- be devoted to. It's not simply exiting this physical world and entering into the spiritual. It literally means to work out in the spirit because God is a God of practicality, right? He knows what we go through in this life. He knows that we, what the troubles that we face, the problems that we face. He lived it. He understands God is a practical God. We are not zombies that walk around saying, Jesus, Jesus, hello, Jesus, God bless you, God bless you. I love you, Jesus, Jesus. Anybody do that? You'd be weird if you did, right? I would think you're weird, and I might have a problem with you. (laughs) Setting your mind on things above means that you position yourself to view things and situations from the perspective of God looking down rather than viewing things from the perspective of man trying to scramble and figure things out. Does that make sense? You're elevating your your thinking and setting your mind so high that when a problem arises, you can literally look down and see it from how God would attack the situation rather than how we think we should address the situation. As a kid, we all, you know, everybody has dreams of what they want to be when they grow up. Mine was a little bit weird. I'm going to be honest with you. People want to be firefighters. They want to be like princes and princesses and all that sort of stuff. I, um, I wanted to be an FBI sniper when I was like a little kid. Right? I want to shoot people. The bad people, okay? You guys are like, wait. Who? This is literally, you can ask my parents, like growing up, starting at probably age like five, I wanted to like sit on top of buildings and pick people off that were harming people. That's like, that was my dream, right? Not so much anymore. Now I want to help save people, but it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> think about what you think about, okay? But I understood something uh, Kind of studying as I grew up, uh, I studied war a lot, like World War II and the Civil War and things like that. Um, I was really into history, but understanding the positioning of a sniper is so important because from an elevated position, it's easier to fight from an elevated position rather than a lower position. You have greater vision when you are elevated and you can see the whole situation. You can assess things differently than if you were down here. See, so many times I've caught myself thinking from a lowered mental position. I remember one time my boss, I was, I was working at an at a auto, auto body shop, not exactly the most sanctified of places. Um, I was working there and I remember uh, God was just speaking to me to go full-time ministry. And so me being um, young and, and not so smart, I went to my unsaved boss and I said, hey, I think God is calling me to go full-time ministry. <laughs> what do you think? Right? He's like, you're an idiot. Like, what are you talking about? So literally for the next few months, he was just hounding me, making fun of me, you know, just everything. Oh, little Christian boy, just making fun of me all the time. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make money. You're never going to support your family. You're an idiot. All of this stuff, right? And I wanted to so badly because I'm quick on my feet and I can make fun of people. Like we all have a past, right? I can make fun of people. 
And I, there are certain things about this man that I could easily have attacked. We'll put it that way. And I didn't. Why? Because my mind and myself wanted to lower my, my thinking and attack him on a human level. But that's not what I did because I understood this scripture. Elevate your thinking. Set your mind on things above. And you know what I was able to do was actually be able to speak kindly, which is not always easy for me. Speak softly, which is really, really not easy for me. And I was able to smile at him and gracefully walk away from the position, all because I was able to address the situation from a godly perspective. I elevated my thinking. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Bible says, fix your thoughts. Another version says, dwell on these things. Dwell on the things of heaven. Dwell on the things of Jesus. How do we do this? Well, number one key to to, to fixing our thoughts or dwelling on the things of God, I think we need to be mindful of what we put in our minds. We need to be mindful of the things that enter in through our eyes. Is it screens or is it scripture? Screens or scripture. And unfortunately, I think so many of us, I think the younger you are, the less scripture you have and the more screen time you have. There's all these things from the world. It may not always be sinning. It may not always be bad, but sometimes it could be like pornography. It could be things like that. There could be things entering into our mind through screens that maybe doesn't necessarily line up with scripture. So be mindful of what you put in your mind. And the second one is be purposeful in prayer. How do you have a a different perspective? You say this prayer, God, elevate my thinking and fill me with your spirit. It's an active pursuit of God. God, fill me with your spirit and elevate my thinking. Take my thinking to a whole nother level. Be diligent and purposeful in your prayer. The second P I want to talk about today is perseverance. Achieve something greater. The definition of perseverance is continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failures, or oppositions. Let's face it, we all face roadblocks. We all face mental roadblocks. Anybody here, bless you. Anybody had a, uh, a mental roadblock? Like where you just said, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and you can raise your hand. It's okay. I want to see you. Like, okay, you're good. I'm just affirmation. I need to know that you're with me, right? Like there's, there's things that, that, that we hit our, in our mind and we're just like, I just, this is dumb. I don't want to do that. Maybe it's your family you want to give up on. Maybe it's, you know, a job that you want to give up on. Maybe it's this Christian life and you're just like, God, oh, this is so hard. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's look at the holidays. Um, if we could be real transparent, not all of us love all of our family all of the time. I'll say that with a smile on my face. Not all of us love all of our family all of the time, but guess what? Perseverance, right? <laughs> One of the biggest... <laughs> she said, amen in the front row. <laughs> One of the... One of the biggest uh, mental, challenge, uh, m- mental challenges that I've faced uh, when I was very, very young, we got, my wife and I got married when we were 19. When we were 20, um, her mom got, got sick uh, for the second time with breath, breast cancer, and uh, she passed away when we were 20. And I remember thinking, if this is what marriage is all about, it's just going to be filled with hard times. I remember holding my wife as she went to sleep just as she was crying, and I had to be there as a 20-year-old. I was there, and I signed up for this, and I was like, man, if this is what marriage is all about, if I could be real with you, I, I, 
I faced challenges in my mind that told me you should just give up. You should just walk away from this. There's hard times in relationships, but I want to tell you that perseverance pays off. Look at this. James one and two. It says, consider it pure joy perspective, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Perseverance produces maturity and completion, and that's what we're all after in this life. Maturity and completion. Has anybody ever heard of uh, the event Tough Mudder? Yeah? All right. Anybody ever done Tough Mudder? Go ahead, raise your hand, girl. Okay, that's my sister. I want to show you a video that's going to get you a little bit hyped up. So I hope you're like ready. You brought your like Red Bull. Okay, let's, let's play this video. When those haters are out there telling us we can't achieve goals, you're the ones that step up and you get it done. You might win a marathon, a triathlon. Let me tell y'all something. This ain't that. That's going to test all you got. I hope you brought it. If you brought it, give me a hoorah. Hoorah. when I watch that. I just want to go tackle something. Okay, so this is me and my sisters. We've actually done that. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, this Kelsey in the middle is having fun. I don't know why. Uh, Allie's struggling. I think she like, broke her leg, and then I'm just about to pass out because I'm fat, right? So, but we did that. We did, and it was, what, 40 degrees when we did it down in Southern California. And... I remember wanting to quit so stinking bad because it was cold, it hurt, there was people dropping out, and it was cold, and it was cold. Um, let me tell you, it is, uh, it's, mentally, it's mentally challenging to run through high-voltage wires while there's a fireman on the other side with a hose blasting you and laughing, making sure that you get electrocuted to the fullest extent. That's mentally challenging. It's mentally challenging to jump into an ice bath with barbed wire over your head when it's 40 degrees outside voluntarily. That's mentally challenging. But it's also mentally challenging to face the holidays after the loss of a loved one. It's, it's mentally challenging to, to try to raise your children in a godly fashion when they're being disobedient to you. It's mentally challenging to smile and love people at your job and those people around you and love them 
with the love of Christ when it's hard to even like them, if we could be real. It's mentally challenging to always be consistent and be an example of Jesus to those who mock your faith. Mental challenges are everywhere, every day. And it may not look like that physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, challenges arise, if we could be real. Mental challenges are everywhere, but mental perseverance will produce mental maturity. And I just want to encourage you today, keep going. If I could just stand up here and say one thing from this message today, keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Whatever problem you're facing, whatever addiction you're facing, whatever struggle, whatever fear or anxiety, it doesn't matter. Keep going. Why? Because the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. The Bible promises that you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Keep going. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. So if you feel like you can't do it, the God on the inside of you can do it through you. Amen. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Why did I keep going? Because I had my sisters with me. For real. If I was doing it alone, I would have quit. 100%. In this Christian life sometimes, you need to be reminded that there are people here with you. There are small groups that you can get involved in. There are leaders. There are people that want to pray with you. You need to get plugged in because you are not alone. You are not running this race alone. We are here for you here at Adventure. And why, 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 I know this may sound dumb, but I had my sisters with me, but also there was a prize at the end. You get a headband for all of that and a t-shirt and and like a space blanket because it was so, remember it it was cold, um, Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The goal is Jesus. I just want to remind you of that. The goal is not making it through Thanksgiving or through Christmas, making it to the new year or getting a new job, getting a new car. That's not the goal. The goal is Jesus and having a godly mindset. That's what I want to press towards, obtaining Jesus in my life having a godly mindset. And the third P I want to share with you is peace. Know who is in control. I love Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted over the nations. Be still and know that I am God. See, a lot of people look at this as a a gentle suggestion from the Bible to just be still, sit still, calm down, meditate on who God is. But if you understand the context of the scripture, it's written in a time of warfare, in a time of chaos. What the Bible is, is, is actually saying is, 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 is cease striving or stop. More specifically in this context, stop fighting. And the people of God should interpret this command for themselves and read more likely, more like this. Like, snap out of it, wake up and stop fearing, acknowledge who your God is and be in awe of who he is. Stop fighting, cease, stop, and know who God is. I love that, know. It's in your mind. Know who God is. So your mind may be in a time of chaos, a time of war, maybe facing all of those things that I listed before, anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. Maybe your mind is just prone to wandering. Whatever it is, stop. Stop fearing, stop worrying, stop striving, and know that he is God. I want you to know today that that God is in control of all situations. It may not look like it. You may not feel it. But the Bible says to know that he is God. God understands you. He knows where you're at. He sees where you're at. He understands your struggles. So don't think you're in this alone. 
God wants to give you his peace. I want to invite my wife up here, and we're going to illustrate something. It's going to be a little bit weird. You know me. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10.5. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love how it says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You married men know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> See, you know what she represents? She represents thoughts that are not supposed to be in our mind. Thoughts that maybe from the past, thoughts of fear, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts that are, that are constantly around us in the back of our mind. And the crazy thing about thoughts, and this is what I want you to understand, is that the thoughts that are there are always there, and you can function with those thoughts in your mind. See, I can still preach, and I can still talk to you, and I can try to run away. I'm going to make her work. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I can still do what I'm supposed to do. And this is how we look in our lives. We could go to work, we could go to church, we could do... We can raise our kids. We can do all of these things. But at the end of the day, that thought that's been pestering us, that thought that's been in the very back of our mind, that thing, that mindset that we have that we know shouldn't be there, eventually it's going to cause me to focus my attention on it because eventually I'm going to have to address this, right? <laughs> eventually this is, I can't, there's things that I can't do with this around, right? I can function. And this is what a lot of us look like. But eventually, we're, it's going to require us to, to be here and, and focus and take what we're supposed to be doing and focus our attention on something that is here and bugging us constantly, constantly. <laughs> but look at what the Bible says. It says, we take captive right? every thought, right? Wish I had handcuffs and I could just... <laughs> But it says we take every thought captive and we tear it down. See, and we submit it to Christ. I love that because the Bible, when we read the Bible, we think that it's our job to take this thought captive and to house it and to put it in prison and to feed it and to make sure that it's always there and never do anything with it. But see, the problem with doing that is that we're doing it under our own power. When we try to wrestle with the thoughts that are in our head, it's us doing something that will eventually fail. You know what the Bible says? It says to take every thought captive and submit it to Jesus. Go be with Jesus, honey. <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> but it's not our job to wrestle with thoughts. Paul is militant in, in this. If you read it in its context, he's militant and saying that we take every thought captive because God has given us the authority under the blood of Jesus to take that thought captive but it's not our job to hold on to that thought. We take it and we submit it immediately to Jesus. And in return, this is what happens. The exchange is this. You come to him pursuing an elevated perspective and persevere through all the mess that's in our mind. And in return, we receive the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So when you take that thought and you submit it to Jesus, in return, Jesus says, okay, you've done your job. Now let me do my job and let me release the peace that only comes from heaven. 
And you may be here today struggling with thoughts or thinking about different things, worrying about different things, your kids or whatever it may be. I want you to know today that you, under the power of Jesus' name, have the ability to take that thought and submit it to him. And in return, God wants to give you the peace that only comes from God because peace from this world will eventually fail you. Self-help programs will eventually fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. You understand me today? Jesus will never, ever fail you. Look at this. I'll end with going back to Luke chapter 10. This man responds to Jesus and he says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and your mind. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, what does he say? And you will live. I love Jesus because it's always about life. See, there's so many things in our lives sometimes where we feel like we're dying internally. We're struggling so much. We're going through all these things. We got stress, anxiety, all of that stuff. And it feels like we are just being burdened so much with the world. When you turn it over to Jesus and you love God with your mind and you elevate your thinking and you persevere through all that mess, God is going to give you the peace. And what he does is so good because Jesus is the ultimate giver of life. He came to give us life and life abundantly. At the end of the day, it's always about life. So I want to just pray for you today. If you could go ahead and close your eyes. I want to pray for your mind. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand because this is between you and God today. This is between you and God. He provides the ability to have a proper perspective. He provides strength to persevere and he clears a path to give us peace and remind us that he is Lord of all. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much, God, for this message. I thank you for your word. God, I pray right now for all of our mindsets, God, that we would be able to purposely pursue you and elevate our thinking today, God, to address situations that arise from a perspective of heaven rather than a perspective of earth. God, I pray for those who have been struggling, who have been fighting. I pray right now, God, that they would cease fighting in their mind that they would stop wrestling with the things of this world, God, but they would pursue you in perseverance. God, and I pray right now for the peace of Jesus, for the peace, Holy Spirit, come upon us so strongly today. Come into our lives. Fill us, God. Elevate our thinking and give us your peace today. Father, I bless this church in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Everybody say with me, amen and amen. Love you guys. God bless you.